Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Biblicating the Bride. It's good to uh, be with you tonight. I've been working on all kinds of things for the website and stuff like that. I set one of these up the other day, but nobody showed. <laughs> so I just went back to writing. Got plenty of write, writing to do, condensing to do. I'm working on the first uh, predominated po- uh, prophecy and... I've had to smash it down because it was turning into a book. So I just want it to be a, a, a blog post. So I, uh, I have to reduce uh, the number count there. But um, I mentioned on Facebook today, and I got a couple of messages on it as soon as I posted it. So everybody realizes that I've been kind of quiet about this. I was waiting I was watching and waiting because everybody was putting into the Ecclesia, of course, the simple fact uh, that was it going to be the first of the year or not. It was uh, my best friend, uh, John Sartwell. He's the one that initially brought up uh, the thread there. I tried to keep quiet on it, but then somebody asked me particularly for verification. Well, I I already already had that verification. I just hadn't shared with anybody. But uh, Aviv did not come. The uh, harvest uh, barley was not ripe. This put magnificent signs in the heavens into play. I didn't put this into the Ecclesia at the time because it's 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 not wise to speak when spoken to. <laughs> uh, we all know this, you know, if, if you're in trouble with your dad, you you sit down and you shut up until he's done talking. <laughs> so uh when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you never speak when it's spoken to. And God had been working on me about this because I realized that the the blood moon tetrad, it turned into something else. Because, well, this expands it out because now that we have an Adar too, you have to realize that now the lunar eclipse is going to occur on Purim. And that's not the only thing happening in the heavens that night. It stretches out from one end of the heavens to the other. 
so this is why it could not be spoken of by me beforehand. I had already completed two videos <laughs> uh, probably seven months ago. One for if we did have uh, a Aviv appropriately, and one if we did not. So I have been anxiously waiting to see uh, just exactly what was going to happen because we have to understand that now this uh, prenumeral eclipse that's going to occur, it's exactly 120 days after the last of the super, uh, well, it was a super blood moon on September 28, 2015. So, with that in mind, um, that turns this, uh, it turns this kind of interesting because now we have a quintet, don't we? <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm still not over this, this chest cold that will seemingly not go away. Um, this means that the tetrad just turned into five, is what it means. And the simple fact that this is exactly 120 days from the super blood moon should get everybody's attention that God would throw in an extra month. And this would wind up being exactly on Purim and its like I said, that night is rather magical, being exactly 120 days difference. Uh, and it's just amazing to me that the people in the Ecclesia will get to talking about something, not realizing how really important that it is. Uh, but it amazes me, and, and I assure you, I had said nothing uh, privately to John about it. And I'm not sure why, uh, he's so adamant for me to look into the barley harvest. And, and and I told him that over the phone. I said, well, I waited until somebody directly asked me for confirmation so then I put the link in. Uh, the one that I put in, of course, uh, absolutely 100% trustable source. Uh, he goes to the uh, highest point there, uh, that point in Israel that he did that video on. If you don't have a V there, you don't have it. It comes there first. So, ladies and gentlemen, this, uh, well, ratchets things up. It makes things fall, fall perfectly into place where they should. Because going into this uh, season here, uh, Esther is, of course, Bible prophecy. It, it is Bible prophecy. <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to share that with everybody so that you realize what's going on in the world around you. Um, take heart of these things and uh, try to look to the heavens and see what's uh, taking place. Uh, the sign of the fish is coming into play. 
and everybody needs to finally realize I haven't spoken of it publicly. But of course, that's why there's two fish in the sky. Of course, that's uh, where we're right in the Bible where Christ questions the disciples. and he's, They say, we have naught but five loaves and two fishes. That's why there's two fish in Pisces. Um, he's literally directly linking you to that sign in the heavens. Literally pointing you to something very important uh, in prophecy. Leaving us a signpost. Leaving us a marker. Promising us a marker. So, you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that's why I posted... Uh, in Greek, it's not Pisces. <laughs> it's exactly uh, the word for fish that you find there. In that verse, uh, that is the nominative case right there, so you get it right there. But it's in the Bible more than once in that exact case, in that exact form. And you all probably need to know where that's at. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty important. God's pointing you to uh, elsewhere uh, besides Luke chapter 9 and verse 13. He's doing a little bit more than that uh, in this case. And you'll take note that it, it says right there in the Greek, uh, duo. It predicates it with two, duo. But this form, it's in the nominative plural masculine form here, so it ends with the final sigma. Uh, that exact form is, is really spread out all over Bible prophecy. In Ecclesiastes 9, Isaiah 50, Ezekiel 38 and 47. It's in uh, Hosea chapter 4, it's in Zephaniah chapter 1. Outside of that, of course, we have it in Job chapter 12 and twice in Exodus, the seventh chapter. Now, it's certainly in the Bible more than that, but that's where your study list has to begin, exactly where that spelling is found. And it would uh, behoove all of you to go and um, see just exactly uh, what God is talking about there. But you will take note, especially with uh, Zephaniah's reference, that is in direct relation to God's severe judgments uh, concerning Judah. So you you might want to take a look at it and uh, realize that there's some pretty dire warnings going on and is at play. And you know you would you would think that the reference to Exodus would not really have anything of of any pertinence to it. But if I was going to include this in Bible prophecy as a way for the bridal procession to be able to perceive that this would be the beginning fold of when the stars 
begin to well, fall out of their places. That's exactly where I would put it in Exodus chapter 7. It's there in 18 and 21. Maybe I'll just take a read through that. I'll use the Thompson translation, since how this is uh, coming out of the Septuagint, of course. Uh, I'll just read the verses uh, in question. So I'll read 18 through 21. Verse 18 of Exodus chapter 7. And the fishes which are in the river shall die, and the river shall stink, and the Egyptians shall not be able to drink the water of the river. Moreover, the Lord said to Moses, Say to thy brethren Aaron, Take thy staff, in thy hand, and stretch forth thy hand against the waters of Egypt, against the rivers, and against the canals, and against their ponds, against their reservoirs of water, and they shall become blood. And there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in the cisterns of wood and those of stone. So Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them, and lifting up his staff, he smote the water in the river in the presence of Pharaoh and before all his attendants and changed all of the water of the river into blood. And the fishes which were in the river died. And the river stank so that the Egyptians could not drink the water of the river. And there was blood in all the land of Egypt. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, when you look at these verses prophetic, he's obviously referring you to a whole lot more than this. We know, I have taught you all many times, that the river uh, there in Egypt, of course, is directly relatable to the Milky Way. You all know this. So this is a just a blatant historical fact. You can look this up and read it for yourself. Uh, if you can get a translation of the Egyptian hieroglyphs. So in striking it this way, you realize that how you would do this would be with the axis of this planet, here directly relating to Aaron's staff. So we have the two witnesses come into play uh, the whole nine yards. Now, I hope that uh, you all decide to take uh, a look at all of those verses and the words involved. Uh, I'm not going to cover everything because that's really... Oh, my goodness, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm yawning, but I've been uh, working very hard <laughs> uh, on this website and things on the Internet, and I just don't know how to do it, and it's rather frustrating to me. I can't just copy and paste in Hebrew because it turns the whole post backwards. So it's been very difficult for me to try to do anything. Uh, I don't have Brian to do it for me. I'm sure he could do it in 15 minutes. But at any rate, uh, take a look, most particularly there at verse 9. Look at those words uh, in the Greek. Uh, look at canals. Look at ponds. Look at reservoirs. Uh, look at cisterns. Uh, it's all very important that you uh, begin looking at things 
right there. Now, uh, concerning uh, the other uh, verses that uh, <laughs> that's in the Bible, where this exact case and form of, of this area is, uh, I think I will read just a little bit of Job chapter 12. I'll start uh, in verse 7, but you'll hear when the fishes come up. You'll hear it. So Job chapter 12, starting with verse 7. But ask, I pray ye, the beast of the field, if they could speak to thee, and the birds of the air, if they could tell thee. Speak to the earth, if it could converse with thee, even the fishes of the sea can tell thee. Who then among all those doth not know that the hand of the Lord hath done these things? Is not the life of all living things in his hand and the breath of every man? The ear indeed discerneth words, and the palate tasteth meats. By length of time wisdom is acquired, and by long life experience. With him is wisdom and power, with him counsel and understanding. If he demolish, who can rebuild? If he shut against men, who can open? This is amazingly prophetic, the order that he uses here. He's being pointed to tell you, um, well... Just take note that he brought up speaking to the earth before he mentioned the fishes of the sea. Literally using his time-old tradition of the inversion technique. So you'll take note. Let's, let's just look at verse 7. I'll, I'll, I'll point it out to you. He used beast first. Then he used the birds of the air. Now, next he should say, fishes, but he doesn't. He says, speak to the earth. If it could converse with thee, even the fishes of the sea can tell thee. You're supposed to know that what's opposite of the earth. Of course, the stars of heaven. So here, you could almost argue that he's literally coming out and telling you to look at the sign of the fish. He's uh, making very drastic references here uh, to experience and to time uh, and long life. Uh, and it's amazing to me, uh, verse 13, that after he clues you in on exactly what he's talking about, he says with him's power, with him counsel and understanding, if he demolish, you can rebuild. If he shut against men, see, he previously, the previous phrase, he didn't say he would demolish against men. That's not what he said. If he demolish, who can rebuild? Then he puts man into the equation. If he shut against men, who can open? Very important what he's doing there with the Greek language. It, it's very important that you uh, go on and look at 
everything he's saying here, it's, it's just too important for you to miss. And it's too lengthy for me to cover all in one breath. It, it's just too lengthy. Uh, and I don't want you to be rattled that I have, you know, uh, kept these things uh, from you for a while. Because like I, I said, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I had to plan for a Purim sign or not. So I really haven't kept them from you out of its season. Of course, a season is 59 days, just like he says it is. But uh, I don't want you to get nervous or anything like that. But let's take a look at what uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 says. And I'll read verses 11 and 12, but you'll see where it's at in verse 12, if you're listening. Having turned about... I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the mighty. Nay, not even bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of knowledge, that time and chance will happen to them all as forming one whole. That man indeed no more knoweth his time than the fishes which are enclosed in an evil dredge. Or then birds which are caught in a net. Like them the sons of men are drawn into an evil time when it cometh upon them suddenly. First off, let me say this. I hope you all realize uh, that literally he's setting up an equation at the end of verse 11. He's giving you fractals of what he's doing. You will take note here that if you were listening, he mentioned... Of course, Isaiah chapter 24, and when he was going to catch them in a snare. Them being the stars. So, with this in mind, uh, may this be a great encouragement to you what, what he says here. And may you be one of the ones that have turned about past tense. He made himself pretty doggone clear in Greek exactly what he was talking about. So let's uh, try to remember these things. That the day after... Operation Eagle's Wings, it don't matter which direction you're facing. It doesn't. At present moment, at this present time, under the sun, 
you have the full choice to come roundabout whichever way you want to. After that day, you do not. You're not going to really have that choice. So it's it's fairly important that you get a handle on what God is doing here uh, with the sign of the fish. Because what's going to happen on Purim, it's a little hard to miss. And it's from one end of the heavens to the other. I mean, it's it's really, really, I'm going to <laughs> have my little girls watch it. So if you don't get it, and just remember what it says back, because this time it's going to be above the sun. You have to be looking above the sun, just, just so you know. That should be a, a fairly common phrase in the midst of biblical mechanics. All biblical mechanics would have known exactly what I was talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're above the sun, that means the said sign is going to happen in the morning before it rises. If it's under the sun, that means it's an evening event and you can view that event after the sun is set. That's what that means. So literally, just the data which I have talked about thus far uh, should give you at least the curiosity to investigate such things and chase after such things. When it comes to the reference in Isaiah chapter 50, you'll take note um, that some things happen there, of course. It's it's pretty important what goes on here between the Greek and the Hebrew. Uh, but I will read this uh, out of the Thompson again. I don't know. Let's let's switch it up and let's use the Britain. Let's just go ahead and do that. It is in verse two, of course. I will read uh, through. 2 verse 4. We'll just cover this whole stanza. Uh, But take note, you need to compare the Greek and the Hebrew. That's really all I need to say. So Isaiah chapter 50. Thus saith the Lord, Of what kind is your mother's bill of divorcement by which I put her away? Or to which debtor have I sold you? Behold, ye are sold for your sins. And for your iniquities, I have put your mother away. Why did I come? And there was no man. Why did I call? And there was none to hearken. Is not my hand strong to redeem? Or can I not deliver? Behold, by my rebuke, I will dry up the sea and make rivers a wilderness. And their fish shall be dried up because... There is no water and shall die of thirst. I will clothe the sky with darkness 
and I will make its covering as sackcloth. The Lord, even God, gives me the tongue of instructions to know when it is fit to speak a word. He has appointed me early. He has given me an ear to hear. I suggest you you take a whole lot of uh, look at that, and I'm sure I'm going to get some emails there because he, of course, mentioned the gifts of the Spirit, didn't he? <laughs> when he said a word, I'm sure that uh, all of the charismatic brethren out there heard me say that. Uh, I'm sure they caught right a hold of it. Uh, when the Lord said that, uh, in the Septuagint, of course, uh, when it is to uh, fit to speak a word. <laughs> and uh, then he makes references to time. So I'm, I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure I'll get some uh, correspondence out of that one. And and I'm sorry that the large and to the point, I need to, I, I have to keep uh, the charismatic uh, brethren, away from those that are more theological and academic in their thoughts. Uh, because generally speaking, um, it only brings hardship uh, one into the other. So there's there's no purpose in it. Absolutely no purpose in it. Uh, so I avoid that exchange uh, when I can. So it's it's pretty important uh, that you know what's what's going on, uh, what's taking place. So I hope that what I have said has at least uh, prompted you with a little bit of curious. Uh, but of course, uh, those uh, a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge, of course, comes right out of 1 Corinthians, uh, the 12th chapter. Uh, a lot of the uh, more academic uh, of the scholars uh, never cover those things. Uh, they more to the point say that, well, they don't exist anymore. Uh, they have passed on us before in time. So they do not exist anymore, uh, which is is concerning. And it should be, uh, to all of you, should be concerning about that. But Hey, Matthew, why do they say that anyways? Why do they say that we don't have the gifts of the Spirit anymore now? Because they do not manifest them. Huh? That makes sense. So uh, they don't <laughs> – well, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord your God warns you a whole lot about knowledge – uh, a whole lot. So, when you acquire academic knowledge, you have one of two things that you can do. You can be prideful or not. Let me explain that to you. If you are not able to check yourself and keep yourself in balance, you will immediately have pride set in and you will think that you know more 
than the person sitting next to you in the pew because you went and got a degree at an institution of higher learning. But I want you to consider this. Did it never occur to you that God had provided you with the gift of the Spirit? And in your rebellion and in your foolishness, you've actually missed that power because some man tricked you into believing that that knowledge was extenuated to you the day he handed you your degree or diploma on graduation day. Now, most of you will get shocked that I just said that because it had never occurred to you that you actually were operating in one of the gifts of the Spirit and your enemy had fooled you into believing otherwise. I mean, we can sit here and debate this right here with myself. We can use myself as a battering ram. Everybody here knows that uh, no official pieces of paper are allowed to be displayed in my house, not from academia, not, not from even the military. I don't even have my certificates of all my achievements. They're not up in my house. You'll never see them. I don't display that. I've never used uh, those things to uh, even get a job. I'm not debating with you. I can prove that to you. I can prove it to you. So <clears throat> this was a safety mechanism. Now, the Jews used this as a safety mechanism for employment. That's why all Jews required to have one white-collar job, but they must also be trained in a blue-collar job. Well, Christians are supposed to utilize this as a protective barrier between you and pridefulness. So, I, of course, worked my way through an institution of higher learning, uh, washing dishes. I was then required, I wasn't required, uh, but my elders suggested that I you know, I need to spend at least two years under normal circumstances in the labor force, and I do. And then, well, circumstances worked out that I just stayed that way. <laughs> now, most of you would probably, you know, get kind of upset with God and say, well, Matthew could be earning six-figure digits every year. Well, the farther I went along in time, the more wicked this way became. To the point where I knew better. I may be tough, but I ain't that tough. So, that's why, John, that's why many people, uh, well, almost exclusively all of them uh, that have excelled in academics will reject that there is any gifts of the Spirit. They'll reject it. 
because they have allowed pride to enter in and circumvent the power that would have been at their disposal. Because, well, I mean, I get emails all the time asking me, well, how on earth can you talk about celestial somology and then two seconds later I hear you quoting from the Hebrew and 20 seconds later I hear you in definitive form define what the Greek is saying. That's not possible. You can't, nobody knows that much. Well, you're right. Nobody can know that much. Not even me. And I don't because I'm operating in a gift. I'm not operating in a certificate. Amen. You know what now, I um, I can see it as, Matthew? I see the um, the Holy Spirit, you know, downloading it like people nowadays call it the cloud. You know, you have all the information in the Holy Spirit, not you by yourself. Right. But because they reject that, John... They only have the knowledge they were given. Yep. So they can't see it. They, they don't understand what's happened to them. They, they, they can't see it. Hey, actually, Matthew, I was thinking, I don't know what, why this word is coming up in my head. Uh, it, it just seems as if they're being quickened when, when that's happening. But uh, I don't know if that's even the right word to be using. I, I was going to ask you about that, actually. What does the word quickened mean? Well, in the scriptural context, it's exactly opposite of what you just said. John, they never allow themselves to be quickened. They immediately assume that what they have has been given to them by way of homage. They have paid this institution of higher learning you know, let's say $5,000 per class, they were taught the data, and then they were given the diploma, allowing them to enter into the labor force with a degree. And it never, they never think that their increase of knowledge from day one is different than it is at the end of year four because of the Holy Spirit. You see, they think that they read more books and they took more tests and they did more equations, therefore they had more knowledge. When, John, you can't really change your IQ, buddy. I'm a witness to that because, honestly, I didn't graduate. And a lot of my friends, I can talk to them as if uh, they go to college and everything like that. So they, you know, they're, they're educated, so to say. I can easily keep up with them, and uh, I don't know where these words come from when I'm talking to them, when I'm witnessing to them. I don't know where they're coming from, and obviously the Holy Spirit, but I just find that amazing. Like, it, it completely amplifies what you think you know to, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild, but I know exactly what you're saying. It, uh, it just flows, but, you know, it's the Spirit, the water. It flows from you. It's pretty amazing. Yes, it it. it. Well, amazing. Yeah, that that's an understatement. Um, it goes beyond what we can define in 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 English. Yeah, it's it. Uh, yeah, it's amazing and then some. It is awesome, is what it is. It's it's awesome. <laughs> uh, and I I I know this is pretty sad, 
when you really think about it, I mean, that's just sad that, Matthew, you're saying that they never realized that it was the Holy Spirit increasing their knowledge at a geometric rate. Because at the end of the four years, if they would just take the time to sit down and thought and quiz themselves, they would realize that they had information that they were never taught in the classroom. They actually had more information than the, than the degree. And I'm speaking to you from experience. <laughs> I'm not speaking to you uh, out of, of book knowledge. Remember, uh, I was in a dormitory exclusively with Christian ministry majors. Exclusively. The entire dormitory was going to be preachers. Now, you all need to take note that here I'll I'll share something with you. How many of you think uh, that the gifts mentioned in Romans chapter 12 is gifts of the Spirit? Because it's not. Everybody always gets real quiet in the room. I mean, I can plainly take a look at the text in question. And I can plainly see what it says. Uh, There's no real way around what Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 6 says. There's no real way around it. Um, So it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to me uh, that people just don't accept what it says. It's let's let's take a look at it in the uh, NIV. It's 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 not very hard to see. It says, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith. And the list goes on. I'll read in King James Version. Perhaps it says it a little differently. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of our faith. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me just say this. I'm, I'm not going to go very far into it, but I know what caris is. Now, you call that G5485. I, I know what Caris is. That's grace. <laughs> okay? Uh, these are not gifts of the Spirit. These are gifts of grace. That's what just came out of his mouth. Now, if you can't run around uh, and under no effort whatsoever, it should take you no effort to be able to search for your favorite Bible teacher and their teachings to tell you that these are gifts of grace, not gifts of the Spirit. These listed in Romans chapter 12 are gifts of grace. If it takes you any amount of time and effort, and more importantly, if when referring to these, they say these are gifts of the Spirit, you'll know what happened because me and John Mark Gomez just described to you what it was that happened on their graduation day. You can in no way 
tell me that that Greek word means spirit. No, that's, that's not what it said. It wasn't even remotely close to that. These are gifts of grace. So we have here uh, a prophecy, uh, ministry, <laughs> uh, teaching, okay, exhortation, okay? I mean, we definitely have a list going on here, okay? Leading, okay? <laughs> but this list in Romans chapter 12, it's not the gifts of the Spirit that he's talking about. He's talking about the gifts of grace, the gifts of grace. <laughs> so this is a good litmus test, as I was told by Sister Bob's. Now, when I was a teenager, she taught me all about this Christmas test. Look, Matthew, when you go to a different church or, you know, you're on vacation, so you visit a different church, keep your ears open and keep your eyes sharp. If any Bible teacher refers to Romans chapter 12, giving you a list of the gifts of the Spirit, you will know you cannot trust a single word that comes out of their mouth. They have no idea what they're talking about. Now, you know, I'm sure you could find this on on uh, on any Google search or, or 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 Wikipedia. They will invariably tell you that the list given here is gifts of the Spirit. When no, they're not. God just told you with His own mouth. These are gifts of grace that he's listed here. <laughs> so, so just take note of these things that, that, that all of you should have learned these litmus tests with your shepherds. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a YouTube teacher or your Sunday school teacher or your pastor or whoever, an evangelist. There's litmus tests that you're supposed to know. <laughs> You're, you're supposed to be able to clearly uh, have a set of index cards with litmus tests on them. All women are supposed to carry these in their purse. I mean, I know my mother had one in her purse. And... Invariably, uh, you know, randomly, we'd be sitting there and there'd be an evangelist in. And, but normally she uh, did it, it seems like, with the, uh, <laughs> with the missionaries. Because, of course, the, the, the missionaries would have to come back stateside, you know, once a year. So we would have all three of the missionaries that we sponsored. We'd have them all three back once a year. And invariably, uh, I'd be checking out my mom, you know, and, her eyebrows would narrow, and she'd sit and think about it for a minute, then she'd reach for those cards. But she could never read her Bible when she was in the pew because <laughs> there were seven sisters and three brothers. Somebody had her Bible. <laughs> so she would reach for those index cards. But anyway, this is neither here nor there. If you've been sitting somewhere or watching some YouTube video and you actually went through a video and heard somebody speak about the gifts of the Spirit and 
Galatians and Romans chapter 12. And who knows, this might have been two or three years ago, and you just now realize you've been hoodwinked. And, you know, there's just nothing I can do about that. There's, there's, there's no real course of action. I mean, like tonight, I, I, I pointed out some real jewels in the Scripture. But I only shared enough to, to wet your whistle to get you to go and get a drink for yourself. And I could go on and on and on and on about this. Endlessly. I can go on endlessly about this. I mean, I've just taken one little bitty point just randomly. Me and John Mark Gomez were talking just randomly. And, you know, this stuff was right off the top of my head in Romans chapter 12. I mean, just, I know where the sign of the fish is in the Bible. I don't have to think about it. I, I know. I mean, I know exactly what all those prophecies are talking about, both in the Hebrew and the Greek. So if you can just imagine why I took pause when John Sartwell started asking me, hey, is it the new year? He was putting into the Ecclesia. Has anybody verified if the Aviv has happened? Yeah, it's verified. That means we're going to have us a blood moon on Purim. I, I know what that means. I, I'm, I'm well aware of what that means. You're a I'm little muffled, Matthew. I am. Yes. Sorry about that. Uh, let me see here. No problem. If nobody tells you, you won't know. Exactamundo. <laughs> Sorry if I if I was muffled, everybody. I didn't mean to be. Uh, how's it going, Paul? Did you enjoy your meeting? Um, we got our tax paperwork for the Department of Labor done. Yay. Uh, um, I would rather not have this job, but it has to be done by somebody that is ethical and wants to do it right, and um, so I am uh, the default go-to person. You're exactly where you need to be, Paul, because God wants you there. That's why. Hey, Amen. That's what I'm getting ready to say. Well, it looks like you're elected, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be even honest, if we. If there was somebody ethical and really wanted this job, I would give it to them in a heartbeat. And to be very honest, that is really what you want in a leader. Is, hey, if somebody else wants that, is going to be ethical and, and be forthright and, and put the those who are technically beneath them first, um, hey, if somebody is willing to do that, I would give the job to them in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's why it's um, your spot. Comes to servant, servant leader. 
You want somebody who really doesn't want the job, but does it because well, uh, it not, needs to be done. The greatest leader serves. Look at God. He's uh, the creator of all things, yet he serves us by taking care of each one of us. So the first Amen. shall be last. Hey, man. What's our topic tonight? I didn't have a topic. Um, me and uh, JMG's just just really talking about whatever. Uh, I started out uh, giving an explanation of, of why it was so important uh, that we did not start a new year. Uh, we got at our two. That is the thirteenth month, right, Matthew? Yes, it's the thirteenth month. So does the thirteenth month like does it have any holidays in itself, like holy days? I guess. Or how does it work? Because I know you said it, uh, Purim. Oh, it, it pushes it back. Duh. Right. It oh, pushed. Okay. Yeah. It, it pushed it back a month, so it makes that that uh, blood moon fall right on Purim. Whoa. It's in the first of the year, Purim. I didn't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not good on the the dates. I forget them very easily. Yeah, it is this year because we had an extra Adar added, so it's moved it. Hmm. So they moved the whole. And uh, Esther, she's a, a picture of the bride too, so that makes it a little more interesting too. Hmm. Yeah, very much more so, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. Very much more. Oh well, one of the things that I've been thinking about is. You know where it says seven women will ask a man, can I simply have your name? I will provide right. my own food and my own clothes. Yep. And I believe that is during the um, the time of testing. You do. In the in the wilderness, correct? Oh uh, well, let, let's just talk about this for a minute. What 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 do you know about it? Um, I do know that you know it talks about um, seven women will ask a man, "Can I simply um, have have your name? I will I will provide my own food. I will provide my own clothes. Just." Let me have your name, which essentially means, you know, um, please give me children. Well, let me ask you this. You know where it's at, right? I mean, that's the first knowledge there is about it. Paul, the knowledge of what chapter and verse it's in, that has to come before even the seven women. Even though that is at the beginning of the chapter, so I would hope that you would know where that was. I will be honest. I cannot remember where that is. Um, okay, so I got you, Paul. So It's right here so in Isaiah you, 4. Nehemiah yeah. 4? No, Isaiah 4. Isaiah 4. Okay. Well, now, wait a minute. Hold on, JMG. Yes, sir. He's, he's talking about things that... that He's already assumed that this has to do with the time of testing. Wow. So, so let's just do this. Let's just do this like normal Christians should do it. 
Let's talk about everything that's in that chapter right now before we ever read it. JMG, what else is in this yes. chapter that you know of? If if it's about the time of testing, then there's probably a whole lot more information in there, right? Do you have any more additional information about this chapter? Uh, well, just looking at the first verse in that You're not, I I just told oh. you not to look at the verse. Oh, sorry. Just running off memory. Um. Oh, yeah, um, Millennial Kingdom. That's what I think of. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Paul, any other knowledge that you can remember about this chapter? Anything else you remember about it? Um, not really. My, I guess my question was, if that is during the time of testing in the future, then my question is, why are there so few men? Is it that women are more faithful? Which I can totally see that because if you look at most churches, the women are the, are the ones that really have the faith and if their men do attend, they the women kind of drag them along. Is that why? Or... Well, now we're delving into the realm of psychology. Um, it's probably for the exact same reason that you just mentioned that nobody wants the job that you have. None of and, a lot, and a lot None of men of don't want the job. Right. They don't want the responsibility. They want to get paid the maximum amount of money for the least amount of effort. I mean, uh, we could go to, oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you go to uh, the local grocery store and you go up to the cashier and you tell her that she has to mop the floor, she's going to be mad as a wet hornet because that's not her job description. She don't have to go change the, the toilet paper when the roll's empty. No, 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 no. She's the cashier. Right? Yes. I mean, we're talking about, look, this is an exclusive way of life. Since 1970, in the advent of the me generation, ladies and gentlemen, right now, you literally can't get an employee to do something that's not in their job description. They'll refuse to do it. They don't have to do it. They want the maximum amount of money for the least amount of effort. And they're not going to change their job description without a major adjustment to their income. Paul knows what I'm talking about. John knows what I'm talking about. And so do all of you. Because since 1970, this is, this is spread all the way around the world. I mean, we could be talking to Germans right now, and they know exactly what we were talking about. So... Um, I don't understand that because, yes, I do have a craft. Would I like to do that every day? Sure, I would. But you know what? I am very well paid, and you know what? If I don't have enough work, if they want me to clean toilets, I will clean toilets because...
because I expect to be paid for work, not paid for not working. Well, that's why a lot of people uh, have remained and dropped off the unemployment list since 2008. Because if they made uh, $52,000 a year, ladies and gentlemen, they will absolutely refuse to take any job that's one red cent less than that. And there's really no need to give a discourse on this. This is common knowledge, and everybody knows it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, sounds like a whole lot of people have got pride issues. Um, if you're being paid, what do you care what you're doing? You're being paid. And if you're being well paid and they want you to do what you think is menial work, um, you're being paid well. Why should that matter to you? Pride. Pride and pride exclusive. Well, JMG is just biting at the bit here. Uh, why don't you riddle us some Isaiah chapter 4, John? All righty. Give me one second. Wait, do you want me to read it, read it off then? Yeah, read the, read the whole chapter. I mean, surely you can read All six right. verses. Yes, I can. Uh, for seven women will take hold of one man in that day, saying, We will eat our own bread and wear our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our reproach. In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth will be the pride and adornment of the survivors of Israel. It will come about when he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy, everyone who is recorded for life in Jerusalem. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the bloodshed of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and spirit of burning, then the Lord will create over the whole area of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day, even smoke, and the brightness of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory will be a canopy. There will be a shelter to give shade from the heat by day and refuge and protection from the storm and rain. Wow. Okay. Okay. When did this happen exactly? Hasn't. That almost sounds like the millennium. It is. No, it's not. There you go. Oh. No, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. Uh, you're not going to have no pillar when Christ is here. No. This is after, God, right? Uh, God's going to be in heaven, and he's going to be with oh, that assembly. Right. Who's the assembly on Mount Zion? Who's he talking about? Is, who? Who is the fruit? Who's the first fruits, boys and girls? The 144. 144. That's right. <clears throat> That's right. He just told you that. This is yeah, in he, when New Jerusalem comes down, right? This is after the purging. Boys and girls, this is during the 1,260 days. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. He said it in so many ways, it was absolutely ridiculous. He just told you that now, well, let's just, you can even see what he has done in English. 
he's he's made it plain by by his wordplay here. Um, verse three: It will come about that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem, he's just inverted it from there. You should know that Zion is not in Jerusalem. It never was. <laughs> it lies outside the old city's walls physically, and of course prophetically, he's speaking about his very throne room. Uh, that's why he says about the pillar and everything else emanating from that point. So here you just got, you see, ladies and gentlemen, by this time, I mean, we're all the way to Isaiah. You should know full well when the filth of the daughters of Zion has been purged. He comes and takes it from them, <laughs> he himself. You should know by reference to the bloodshed being mentioned here, the tribulation trigger has already been tripped. That event has already occurred. We're done through on the other side of time toxic turvy. We're done on the other side of the 10 days. Okay, you've been told. It says, <laughs> the Lord will create over the whole area of Mount Zion and over her assemblies. You know who that assembly is. It's given to you in full discourse in Revelation chapter 14. You know exactly how many is in that assembly. You, you, you know what he look if you didn't know these things you would be completely confused right now as to what's going on you you'd, you'd be completely confused you're supposed to know that well the glory will extend over you like a canopy you're supposed to realize he's talking about the tabernacle of david you're, you're supposed to know these things um, you're supposed to know, ladies and gentlemen, while literally all hell is breaking loose in the outer darkness, you should know that you're going to be just fine. That's the whole reason why the last verse is there. And so you know that you're taken to a place that's been prepared for you, so you'll be okay. You're, you're supposed to know this. It's speaking parallel, right, Matthew, at that same time, when they're both going on at the same time? Oh. Right, right. That's why. That's why I got confused. Duh. So, um, okay, so this is after, you know, time goes topsy-turvy, and mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. the Jews and other people are still here. Yeah, the ones that are left, yeah. The original question is, why are there so few men? Why are there so few men? Ooh, that reminds well, me of that. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. Were they, were they, you know, fighting to get to the place of refuge, and so many were slaughtered? Or let's let's talk about this. Does anybody remember the women that came and said, "Hey, we don't have an inheritance." Say that again. Does anybody remember when inheritances were being handed out and these women approached and said, hey, we don't have no inheritance because all of our men is dead. Give us an inheritance. 
Has everybody just forgotten that? I've taught about no, it before. I remember that. I, I remember, remember that. that. I don't know out. where it is. Okay, so we need to look at that event horizon, for one. You should know that's coming into play right now. You should know their names. You should know why this happened. Everything, because you, you should also realize this. If you knew the placement of the one, you'd know the placement of the other. I'll just state that flatly. If you knew the placement of the one, you'd obviously know the placement of the other. But uh, you should know those ladies' names. You should know what happened. What happened to all their men? Why, why, why don't we remember that? Because I certainly did broadcast on the topic. Everybody here should be able to just quote this right off the top of your head. You should know exactly who, what, where, when, why. I mean, these, <clears throat> these women uh, did not approach for an inheritance for any reason. I mean, there had to have been an event horizon where something happened and they come out crying, hey, man, this ain't fair. We don't have an inheritance. Right? I mean, everybody should. Of course, I, of course, I guess I'm wrong. Um, which is disheartening uh, to me. You know, um, it's pretty disheartening to me that I guess I wasted my time when when I covered it. I guess either that or I didn't say it right. What I'm thinking of, Matthew, uh, I can't find for the life of me where it is where uh, it speaks of, I believe, women crying for their boys or something like that. I'm trying to find out where it is. I can't think of it. I'm searching it up right now. So, uh, And I don't think I'm speaking of the 144 either. I, I might have sounded like that's what I'm referring to. But uh, I'm, I'm claiming ignorance. I just have not gotten to that lesson yet. But we will get there. All right. I, I guess that I guess we can we can do that. Uh you are correct. You probably have not known that, but I, I could have swore that uh I brought this up sometime over the past I think month month, but uh I don't know, it just it just kind of upsets me that y'all can't even remember Milka. It was pretty important and maybe I think it was me and Tim that uh was discussing that. And uh so I know I just spoke about about that very very recently. Um it's not like it was 20 years ago. Uh, but anyway, it's it's pretty important that you guys uh, know that. I, I mean, how can well, – just – Paul is correct. Uh, he obviously hasn't listened to that yet. Uh, so I will share it for his sakes, but I wasn't going to tell anybody. I already have. And, you know – 
I mean, God help me, but I, I'm so tired of saying the same things over and over and over when they're so obvious. And it's so obvious what's going on, and I've talked about this before. All right? I mean, I did broadcast on it before, but obviously it's a waste of time. Somebody somewhere was too busy listening to some other shepherd that was telling them about the gifts of the Spirit in Romans chapter 12, I guess. Numbers chapter 27, Paul. Numbers chapter 27. Okay. Um, um, it's not a waste of time, you know, at two to three hours per episode, I'm, you know, probably 80 hours into listening to your teaching, so, and there's a long, long way to go, which... It's cool. I'm not going to run out of teaching for a long, long time. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Let's go ahead and read uh, Numbers uh, chapter 27. Uh, we don't have to read the whole thing. Just, just, just read that that stanza. But it's it's very important that we read the first 14 verses. Um, uh, so. Uh, you want to get that and, and read that, Paul? Just just read the first 14 verses of Numbers, the 27th chapter. Uh, numbers 27, first 14 verses. This is out of the 1599 um, Geneva. The law of the heritage of the daughters of Selaphed, the land of promise showed unto Moses. Moses prayeth for a governor unto the people, and Joshua is pointed in his stead. That was the heading. Verse 1. Then came the daughters of Zelophehad the son of Hepar, the son of Gilead, the son of Nashar, the son of Manasseh, of the family of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, and the names of its daughters were these, Mahalah, Noah, and Haglah, and Milcah, and Tirzah and stood before Moses, and before Eleazar the priest, and before the princes, and all the assembly, at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, and he was not among the assembly of them that were assembled against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died in his sins, and had no sons. Wherefore should the name of our father be taken away from among his family? Because he hath no son, give us a possession among the brethren of our father. Then Moses brought their cause before the Lord, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, The daughters of Zelophehad speak right. Thou shalt, get them, shalt give them a possession to inherit among their father's brethren, and shall turn the inheritance of their father unto them. 
Also thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a man die and have no son, then ye shall turn his inheritance unto his daughter. And if he have no daughter, ye shall give his inheritance unto his brethren. And if he have no brethren, ye shall give his inheritance unto his father's brethren. And if his father's if his father have no brethren, ye shall give his inheritance unto his next kinman of his family, and he shall possess it. And this shall be unto the children of Israel a law of judgment, as the Lord hath commanded Moses. Again the Lord said unto Moses, Go up into the mount of Abraham, and behold, the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. And when thou hast seen us, seen it, thou shalt be gathered unto thy people also, as Aaron thy brother was also gathered. For ye were disobedient unto my word in the desert of Zin, in the strife of the assembly to sanctify me in the waters before their eyes. That is, the water of Meribath in Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. All right. Um, why don't you read verse 3 again? Our father died in the wilderness, and he was not among the assembly of them that were assembled against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died in his sin and had no sons. How and, quick are you... Let me, let me ask you this. How quick are you at turning pages? How quickly what? How quickly can you turn pages in the Bible? Pretty quick? Fairly quickly. Go to Revelation chapter 12 and read me the very last verse. I just want the last verse. I know what it says, but read it in. Revelation Revelations. chapter, chapter 12, 12. Last verse. Uh... Revelations chapter 22-21. The grace of no. our Lord Jesus be with you. No, 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 no. I said chapter 12, the last oh, verse. Oh, I'm sorry. Chapter 12, verse 18. And I stood on the sea sand. That's the very last verse of Revelation chapter 12? Chapter 12, verse 18. Um, yes, that's what the, that's what the Geneva 1599 says. That's right. It says, that's right. It says the, it says the first verse of the next chapter. That's right, because that's what it, it does. Uh, in the Adida Regia. However, okay. everybody else... No, it's it's done correctly. It's it's done correctly. I just wanted to make that a point so everybody can see what's going on here. Okay? All right? <laughs> uh, but let me read you what the New American Standard Bible has because it rearranges it a little bit and inappropriately. It has, and I read, verse 17... 
don't have an 18 in the New American Standard. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Now, when I say that, everybody knows exactly who I'm talking about. That's Primus Resurrection. They have been left. They have been sealed. They will be paid. This is exactly talking about, ladies and gentlemen, you're just going to have to come to grips with this, that there's a whole lot of Christian families out there that the heads of their households aren't going to be taken to a place that's been prepared for them by God. A whole lot of them. When the event horizon takes place, they will not take Operation Eagle's wings. They will be sealed with the living God upon their forehead. It's plainly described in Revelation chapter 7. Uh, we just talked about this on the last broadcast, I thought. They just told you that this is on the other side of the 1,290 days, Matthew chapter 24. They have died in their sins. That's why that exact statement was given. <laughs> they died carrying out their term in the wilderness. Now they have entered into the promised land. The inheritance is being dotted up, and these women have no head. They have no head. These families have been left because... Well, if I wanted to translate this into a language that the common listener will understand, they've been left behind. So this is just like that uh, old, uh, well, uh, the Left Behind movie actually depicts it correctly. Me and my family just uh, just watched this, I don't know, a few weeks ago, uh, purely for entertainment reasons. Um but they do it correctly. You'll take notice that, that his wife, she's gone. And then the husband is left. And he has to, you know, try to find an, uh, an, air, uh, an airport to land and, and all that. that. That's displayed correctly. So this is exactly what it's talking about, only uh, 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 that main character's wife, when she gets to where she's going, she's wound up without a husband. She don't have a head. That's that's. I mean, he just put it to you perfectly, fully expecting you to know about why he even decided to mention that. <laughs> that's why. What's the very next event? We didn't read it. Well, what's the very next event? He just told you about Joshua, and he's supposed to go before Eliezer, and yada, 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 yada. Finish out the chapter. Finish out the chapter, and you'll understand why Primus Numerus has to stay on Mount Zion for 1,260 days to be taught. I mean, Revelation chapter 14 is not lying to you. They don't know they don't know what to do. Okay, and you were just told uh, Isaiah chapter uh, <laughs> just told you emphatically 
what 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 was going on. But this congregation, being the age that there are, they have to be taught. That's why up on Mount Zion, after you've been taken to a place that's been prepared for you by God, uh, those of the first resurrection have been sealed. You know their number. And I already showed you their number. And so we don't get to get married immediately. They get trained up there on Mount Zion, just like he just said in Isaiah, for 1,260 days. <laughs> I mean, he just made himself perfectly clear. Now, you're supposed to know uh, what Joshua is there in the Greek. That's not Joshua. That says Jesus in Greek. What you just read in Numbers chapter 27. In, in, in Greek, there's, there's, there's no Joshua. It's just Jesus. So you're supposed to know the christening of Melchizedek. Uh, you're supposed to know that the Melchizedek king will be coming uh, after those 144,000 in Revelation chapter 14 have been properly trained to do what they're supposed to do. So... Anyway, to, to make a long story extremely short, it, if you're confused by what I just said, you're really confused. You're really confused. And, and the only thing I, the, the, the only thing that, that I can possibly do for you at this particular moment in time um, is to just uh, quite simply, okay, uh, go to your pastor uh, on, on, on Sunday or whatever day it is that you go, okay, and you need to emphatically uh, tell him to his face, you know, while you're standing down in the foyer after the church lets out and he has to shake your hand before you leave, just tell him to, to his face, I don't understand Isaiah chapter 4, you need to explain it to me. I mean, it's the only thing I can offer you. If you've been completely confused by anything I just said, you need to force him. You are paying him. Now, now look, I, I don't want to get mad, okay? I really don't. You certainly ain't paying me. So, by God, you're paying him. You need to tell him that I'm paying your salary. You need to explain to me. Uh, Isaiah chapter 4, okay? And, 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 and if he can't explain to you everything I just said, then, then, well, you're not in Kansas and your dog's not named Toto. Okay, we're, we, you're, you're somewhere on the other side of the rainbow. You're, you're in left field. I, I don't know if you're in the Wizard of Oz or not, but he should have intimate knowledge. Uh, let's say you're dealing with a guy that's been your pastor for 10 years. I know he's been to seminary to get his degree to be elected to, to, to your pastor. So if he's got a theological degree on top of 10 years in the Bible, uh, he should be able to, to just tell you right off the top of his head what these very, very simple six verses say in Isaiah chapter four. I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't put it any, any other way than that. 
mean, I've explained it as simplistically as I could, utilizing the entertainment media that you all hypnotize yourself with. Okay? So I, I, I don't know other way to put this. This is talking about that that the women are 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 taken to a place that that uh, has been prepared for them, okay. And these men, uh, uh, they're left behind. They're 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 stranded somewhere. It's 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 very easy. It's not difficult. I, I mean this this story does not begin. Well, it doesn't even begin begin in Numbers chapter twenty seven. It, it didn't even begin then. But, you know, uh, uh, if you've gotten to this point in the Bible, you've gotten all the way to Isaiah chapter 4, and you don't understand what's going on, uh, that tells me you don't even understand the promises. You, you don't even understand why you're called a child of Abraham. You, you have no remote clue what's going on in the world around you. You, you really don't know. So, so you know, you, you obviously need to go and, and, and tell uh, the dude that, you know, you're paying his salary. You, you really do need to know what these very six, very simple verses mean. And, you know, doing, you know, having to do a, 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 you know, a Bible study on them for, you know, I don't know, you could at least do this in, in six Sundays, right? I mean, he could do this for Sunday school, just take one verse at a time and completely explain it to you. I mean, it is elementary. As long as you know what has been, you know beyond any shadow of a doubt what is to come. It's very simplistic. So that, 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 that should be able to be done by your pastor or your Sunday school teacher. Whichever book, you know, whichever elder or however you define that, your deacon or whoever it is that you pay to teach you uh, the Bible. Um, they need to forego another sermon in John and they need to do Isaiah chapter 4. It's, it's real easy, six verses, not hard at all. So, uh, just take that to heart, everybody. You need to take that to heart. I mean, you all need to take this to heart. Okay? I just got qualified for food stamps Monday. I mean, and today, uh, today and yesterday, we got all the letters because they sent the, uh, the letters separately, but now we're, you know, all my children are safely on Medicaid. So surely that God, whoever you're paying these salaries to, they can explain to you these very six simplistic verses beyond any shadow of a doubt. Because I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not worried about you know, I'm not worried about those here in the our inner circle. I mean those in the ecclesia they all have my phone number. All of them do. They all have my address. I mean, they can all, you know, write a 50-page letter to me if they want to. 
But I am worried about those of you that are farther out that just you know, listen to these broadcasts in silence. Look, I am not joking to you. It is very important that you understand why the group that's being mentioned here, now all of a sudden, they hold to the law and keep the testimony of Jesus Christ. You, you need to understand why they've been left behind. It's very important to you. So, and I'm not trying to deride your your pastor or whoever he is. I'm not trying to deride. You know, Lutherans or Catholics or Methodists or Pentecostals or whoever. That 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 doesn't matter. But whoever they are. They have went to a school and a seminary, and they have a license, and they have been given that position by your district. So they should be adamantly qualified to explain to you these very simple six verses of Isaiah chapter 4. And they need to do that. They need to stop watching the, you know, uh, uh, Whatever it is that they're watching and entertaining themselves with, I don't know, maybe it's baseball. They, 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 they need to do what they're paid to do. You are paying them. So uh, you, you, you need to get that information contained here in these just six verses. It's, it's, it's as easy as they come. It is a timeline for a reason. He, he tells you these events and... and the, the only thing really offhandedly I said as Paul was reading that, I already made my point. If they tell you this event's happened, you need to correct them. Don't let them tell you that this event's happened. Oh, no, it hasn't. No, it, it hasn't ever happened. And God has never did this thing. <laughs> Not ever. Uh, you'll take note that uh, they'll say, well, he's talking about when they were in the wilderness. No, uh, Jerusalem wasn't in the wilderness. No, that no, that that that, that didn't happen. <laughs> so uh, everything that's uh, in this chapter is very simplistic. I mean, this is better than one of those little golden books you get for children. This is this is a cram packed story here. He doesn't just six verses. So uh, a lot of information delivered to you sequentially. Sequentially given to you uh, specific pointers. Doesn't matter if it looks at the Hebrew or the Greek. We believe it all points to the same point on the timeline. So it's it's not like you're asking him to explain, you know, Jeremiah. <laughs> you know, you're not asking him to do you know, fifty some plus chapters. It's just six verses. Surely he can do that. That's what he's been paid. That is what he has been educated to do. So, um, well, I would say that even if he does not have the gift uh, of, uh, of teaching from the Holy Spirit, he does have an academic degree. Surely he can do six books. But I'm not trying to slam whoever it is. You know, your, 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 your priest, if you're in the Catholic Church or, or whoever, I'm, I'm not trying to badmouth any of Yes, Paul, you were going to say something? Yeah, one thing I 
do find interesting both in Numbers 27 and in Jude and in Job. Um, you know how people say, "Oh, Christianity, that's so sexist. That's so, you know, um, anti-woman." And yet we see both in Numbers and in Job that God said women should inherit. They essentially are equal with men. And they are. But society wants to look at the roles of men and women and they want to confuse those roles and say, you know, well, if, you know, if you're not going to, you know, if women can't have men role, men's roles and women can't have, if women can't have men's roles and men can't have women's <laughs> roles, then it's not equal. But every study out there says that women are happier when a man acts like a man and does manly things, and men are happier when a woman does the traditional roles that women have, and it just, it it goes back to society is just turning everything upside down, just, yeah, yeah, everything's topsy-turvy. Yes. I mean, I mean, everything. Everything is topsy-turvy. It's like somebody took creation into Photoshop and inverted the colors. I, I mean, it's... it's. I mean, I was just uh, listening to the news tonight, and it was some state. I, I don't know which state it was. But the mayor, or the governor, vetoed this bill that they had that you can go into whatever bathroom... The, depending on what you consider yourself to be. No, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you have a penis and two testicles and I catch you in the woman's bathroom with my wife, I'm going to break you. And I'm going to break you in ways you can't even understand. I'll break your spirit to start. I'll break your mind and I'll break your body. So... I don't give a flying rip what the governor says, the mayor, the president. I don't give a flying rip what any of them say. And the sad thing about that is it's not even adult women. They're taking that down into grade school or middle school. And it's like, you know, I know what it was like as as a teenager. And if Uh I could have simply said, oh, hey, you know, I think I feel like a girl, so every hey. pervert, right? So yeah. all so all the perverts that's going to rape all those daughters are going to go get a teacher's degree and go to school and just say they feel like they're a woman, so they'll go in the and use the bathroom with the little girls. Uh, I, know I know what they're going to do. I'm 16 years old. I'm full of hormones, and I'm thinking, hey, all I got to do is 
say I feel like I'm really a woman and I can shower with the gals in the locker room at gym class. How many guys do you think are going to say that? I'm thinking I would have. Well, yeah. Well, of course. Man. But, you know, that's fine and dandy. You do that with my little girls, and like I said, I'm going to break you. You will never be the same. You will never be able to be admitted by the United States government into normal society. I assure you that. You will be broken when I'm done. I don't care what your mayor says, what the school principal says, what the president says. I don't care what the superintendent says. You will be broken. Just one more reason to keep homeschooling. Well, of course, my yeah, my kids don't go to school. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but you know, Paul's right. I mean, it's just like I said, man. It's like somebody took God's good creation, took it into Photoshop, and inverted colors. I don't really care what you say. The sky's blue. It, it's blue. <laughs> I don't care what you say. Um, I don't, ladies and gentlemen, no one tells me what to do. No one. Nobody. Ask my wife. She'll laugh at you. Everybody that knows me knows better than to tell me what to do. God tells me what to do. That's it. There's God, then there's me. I don't have nobody in between. Nobody. Okay, nobody tells me what's right and wrong. I mean, if I have an administrator, he can tell me, you know, to, you know, we need to put shingles on today because that's what we're ready to do, and that's what we do. But you don't tell me right and wrong. No, 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 no. You ain't qualified to tell me what's right and wrong. The God most high of heaven and earth, he's the one that's told me what to do. And he's told me what's going to happen if I don't do what he's told me to do. So, you know, there's, I don't need somebody to vote on whether I go into a woman's bathroom or not. There is no vote. That There was never no vote. I mean, that is a complete and absolute farce. That has nothing to do with law. What's that doing in the front of the legislator in your state? That you, you, you don't vote on whether somebody is a boy or a girl. That there's no vote. <laughs> we, don't, we don't take a vote. <laughs> so, um, look, we're, we're a little bit farther down the timeline than most of you think. And, and you're thinking that because you're, you're, you, you've, you've done entertained yourself to death. You've entertained yourself to death. You would rather watch a YouTube video about Isaiah chapter 4 or Romans chapter 12 instead of reading it for yourself. You'd rather be entertained and have some fat, jolly, pathetic, overpaid, worthless Bible teacher tell you that Romans chapter 12 is talking about the gifts of the Spirit when God says it's gifts of grace that He lists there in that particular chapter. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't know how to help you. 
I don't. You've been quite a, kind of quiet, John. Still there? Yeah, sorry. I just got back. I had to go move my car. Okay, no worries. Just been listening in. But, uh, yeah, no, I was exactly thinking about how you guys said that. I was like, dude, that's going to be super easy for somebody to uh, twist around and do such stupid things like that. I'm like, you can say one thing to somebody and easily lie. It's no big deal. It's, uh, it's crazy. I don't know how they put tr- so much trust in people to decide their own what they want to be. It's a joke to me. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that, Matthew, but uh, my family did go to church last Sunday. Cool. You should have. And my oldest, uh, right before the left, my oldest came back in to say, you know, thank you. It means a lot, which that was cool. Um, at least there was acknowledgement of um, how big a shift there was in my mindset. <laughs> well, I guess he can make a new creature, huh? You know, sometimes you have to beat people over the head hard enough to make them see the light. <laughs> and that's, Amen. that's that's sort of me. I got to be beat over the head hard before I... You know, oh yeah, maybe maybe I wasn't quite right there. Maybe I need to correct my attitude. So, hey man, hey man, I've uh, had a whole whopping lot of course corrections myself in my life. Matter of fact, uh, most of my courses have uh, been in need of correcting. <laughs> uh, but I guess the Lord Jesus Christ alone had his course set from the beginning directly uh, as it should be. I guess the rest of his new course correction does it go along. Well, and With, some of us can take gentle correction and fly straight, and some of us need to be, you know, smacked with a clue by four hard. <laughs> I like how Matthew says I like how Matthew says taken out to the the woodshed. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of in the clue by four category because I get things in my head and um yeah I'm uh, I need that big clue by four smack. Hey man, that's what it took. To reexamine to to you know to reexamine. Um, what I'm thinking and what I think should be. Amen. Amen, Amen, buddy. Have we been on here two hours yet? Why do I got a feeling we've been on here for three hours? Why do I? One hour fifty-two. One hour fifty-two. Perfect time to pray. Perfect time to pray. Who prayed last time, anyway? John, did you pray last uh, time? I think it was. I think I, I think I did, but... All right, I'm John. Then, John, you're elected uh, no matter what. All righty. Um, 
Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for uh, bringing us together again and uh, allowing us to speak your word and uh, to bless those who listen and who will listen. Uh, I just ask that uh, you open the ears and the eyes of those who will listen to this and have listened to it and uh, just bless them, help them to uh, understand, Father, what you're trying to get across to them and uh, just more, most importantly, help them to uh, love one another. And uh, I just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. You, you know what? All of a sudden, I was just pushed to say something. You know what? I had to start somewhere. I just had the magical opportunity to start at Genesis 1-1. <laughs> Six verses is not very long. Uh, my 15-year-old was just complaining to me the other day because he was translating a verse in the Septuagint that was 40 words long. I strongly suggest that you all get a notepad and a notepaper. And I strongly suggest that, you know, either the Hebrew or the Greek, you begin to translate just six verses. It's just six verses, for God's sakes. It's six verses. And those of you in the Ecclesia, of course, can work together. I mean, y'all could post one verse a day, surely. Surely it could be one verse a day. Surely this could be completed in just six days. But those of you out there and, you know, wherever you're at, if you speak English, you have the resources to do this. It's not hard. I suggest you get a copy of the Mesopratic and a Septuagint and do it one word at a time. And be prepared because you're going to see words that you can't find in the Strongs. They're there. And you're just going to be forced to use what's at your disposal and find out what that word is. It's probably a compound word. It probably has two Strongs entries. It's probably a compound word. That's usually what God does. But pick one, Hebrew or Greek, and translate it before that blood money. I, 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 I really would translate this verse. One of, the best, one of the best lessons that I heard from you, Matthew, was the first ten patriarchs. And if you look at their names, even in the Strongs, that plan that tells you the salvation plan just in the names of the first ten patriarchs. Yes it does. I mean it's it's it stares you right in the face. So Get busy. You just have to look in the Strongs. Even the Strongs will, you look at the meanings of the names of the first ten patriarchs, Adam through Noah, and the salvation plan is right there. Look, 
Everybody, I, I strongly suggest that you get this translated before the Mercury transit. Let's just say that, okay? Genesis you know, 1-1, you, you said, Matthew? No. Isaiah chapter 4. Oh, okay. Got it. Isaiah chapter 4. Do it before May the 9th. Do it before then. <laughs> just just try. I mean, the only reason why I'm saying May 9th is to give you a goal. It's not hard. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this one. Until next time, God bless. Godspeed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.